I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Hey, you guys. So I wanted to go ahead and drop into your feed with a second story that or second episode rather that I had written this week that never got to air because of our technical issues. I wrote the whole thing. So I'm going to go ahead and just run the episode as I would have yesterday. Without further ado, welcome back to News Du Jour, a calmer space to consume the news. So for our first story today, we're going to go over a protective order against Donald Trump. So as we covered last week, President Trump has pled not guilty to all four of his brand new charges involving a conspiracy to overthrow the U.S. election system back in 2020. And that is all predictable. I think we all saw these charges coming. We all saw him pleading not guilty. However, What happened next was a little bit less predictable, to me at least. Trump ended up with a restraining order against him. So how exactly did that happen? Let's get into the details. So it all started when Trump, of course, wrote something provocative on Truth Social. He posted, quote, if you go after me, I'm coming after you, end quote. And of course, it was in his signature, all caps. This was a not-so-subtle threat. So what happened next was, according to the AP, prosecutors felt that their safety might be in jeopardy given the fervor of the Trump following and the violence we have seen from them in the past. So they asked the judge to issue a protective order for them against Donald Trump. This order would also, quote, limit what information Trump and his legal team could share publicly about the case brought by special counsel Jack Smith, end quote, again, according to the AP. So basically, it would force him to stop sharing information and evidence from this case online. And that is actually extremely common in the legal system. This is a totally normal thing for cases that are even less sensitive than this one. But of course, this serves as another window of opportunity for the Trump team to delay things. They can continue to spin the wheels of the justice system and try to get through the election without going to trial. The judge gave the Trump team until Monday at 5 p.m. to respond to this request by the government, and they seem to want to fight it. We'll see what they say, but Trump's lawyers have said that they plan to, again, fight the motion as it interferes with Trump's First Amendment rights to freedom of speech. We will definitely keep you guys posted. And Rudy Giuliani is named co-conspirator one. So this was kind of big news. Obviously, we knew that Rudy Giuliani was central in Trump's fight to overthrow the election. I mean, 
he really took center stage and shouted that lie from the top of his lungs every chance he got. He even tried to bring legal actions on behalf of the former president based off lies being told. And he has admitted this in court. But now it seems that this loudmouth ringleader is finding himself all over Trump's legal charges. He is referenced in all of the fine print, and that would lead any competent attorney to worry that they may be charged alongside this lead plaintiff. So Giuliani has got to be shaking in his boots right about now. I know I'd be. These are really serious charges, you guys, carting around some serious prison time. We'll definitely keep you guys posted. And lastly, in Trump-related news, Ron DeSantis, of course, Trump lost the election. So again, Challengers of Trump are getting less and less afraid of him, as his chances of ending up in prison are really increasing. So as we reported last week, Will Hurd, a Republican presidential candidate from Texas, actually stood up and publicly took on Trump at the Lincoln dinner. He said something to the effect of, Trump is running for president to stay out of prison. Woof. Them's fighting words. And we talked about this and I said maybe it would give other candidates the confidence to take the gloves off and treat Trump as a real adversary, which is what he is. They're leading adversary as of right now. And that's exactly what seems to be happening. This week, Ron DeSantis, for the very first time, took a stance on what happened back in 2020. You see, he used to be buddy-buddy with Trump, as we know, and probably would never have dreamt of saying something like this. But this week, he bluntly stated to NBC News, quote, of course he lost. Joe Biden's the president, end quote. Whoa, I know it seems like this is a very simple, very obvious, basic statement, but the political ripple effects could be heard far and wide. Saying this allows for more direct attacks on Trump because it acknowledges that Trump's a liar and allows for DeSantis to point to Trump's record of losing as a reason to select him for the Republican nominee instead. He can say Trump's a loser and I'm a winner. Bet on me. And maybe they will. It's a good thing he's doing this now, though, because at this point in the campaign, DeSantis doesn't have much to lose. He is way behind Trump in the polls, and he needs to make some serious headway before March. And lastly for today, the FDA approves its first drug to treat specifically postpartum depression. Okay, so there will now be a drug specifically for postpartum depression. I know, right? It's genuinely miraculous. We know that maternal mortality, meaning the death of a woman during pregnancy or within one year of the end of pregnancy, is enormously higher in the U.S. compared to other Western nations. And as we also know, a huge contributor to these numbers is postpartum depression. Postpartum depression, or PPD, affects half a million women in the U.S. every year. 
And as we know, it not only affects her, it affects her child, her partner, her loved ones, and her community. PPD does not play around, you guys. It is a fucking monster. And this new drug is coming at a pivotal time when these numbers are actually on the rise. The drug works much faster than other antidepressants and is designed to be taken for weeks, not months, so that hopefully women will be more open to giving this drug a try. The drug itself is produced by Sage Therapeutics out of Massachusetts. They have also developed other drugs for postpartum symptoms as well. There's something I wanted to make clear here too. Postpartum depression is the monster here not the mom who has it. It's never her fault that she has experienced this biological condition. She is fighting hard to slay that monster every single day, and she deserves all of our support through that journey and never our shame or judgment. 10 to 15% of women who give birth here in the U.S. experience PPD, so it is common, you guys. And while I did not experience PPD with my pregnancy, I experienced the sleepless nights, the massive physiological changes, along with the fog and confusion of a brand new life. And I can't imagine what women are going through with PPD, what they're up against. And I vow to you that News Du Jour will always be a supportive, (laughs) uplifting, and accepting place of everyone who is fighting any kind of mental battle. And that is the News Du Jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, we are women, honey. The strength finds us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review or shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us be able to keep creating the news du jour. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugarfreemedia. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram and just sugarfreemedia, all one word, on TikTok. Any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup. He has a little separation anxiety and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from... Oh, 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 oh.